What is up, you guys? It's Megan, and I'm back again with another episode of the Scared Photographer Podcast. I'm so excited because I have Sam from Always Smiling Photography on today, and we are going to talk a little bit about her journey, her travels, and what made her the photographer she is today. So let's hop right into it. What is up, guys? I'm back, and I have Sam here from Always Smiling Photography. How's it going? It's going great. <laughs> we were just talking Hi. about how awkward it is to start a podcast. So welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm excited. I, um, I'm not sure how long I I've been following you on Instagram, but I love your work. You actually just posted some photos. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday of a grad session that you did and I was like oh my gosh so pretty I love your work it's so pretty and I might be obsessed with your dog because he's so cute (laughs) so if you guys want to go see her dog you gotta go follow her on Instagram uh what's your dog's name monkey monkey oh I I should know that seeing as I'm a fan of him I should know his name Um, so you are a photographer here in the Fraser Valley. Is wedding something you do a lot of? Do you have a specific niche in photography? Yeah, I would say weddings are definitely my niche. Weddings, elopements, adventure sessions, but mainly, yeah, focus on weddings. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that something you kind of always thought you would be doing, shooting weddings? It's what I felt the most connected to when I first started out. I I think like every other photographer, I kind of did a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and then it narrow, started to narrow down to more so photographing couples in love, which is weddings and that, right? Yeah, that's um, awesome. But I remember the first couple newborn sessions that I did when I first started out. And like, I love, I love babies. But for some reason, I don't have any kids of my own. So holding other people's fragile little humans, I was like, <laughs> imposing them in certain ways it just I was oh so I I much prefer working with the couples I guess there you go a little less fragile yeah yeah uh um we were talking earlier about your journey into photography and you had talked about being into photography when you're younger like in in school yeah so what kind of got you into photography back then I can't really pinpoint exactly what got me into I just I feel like I was just always in love with it from high school. You know, I was on the yearbook team. <laughs> I was on the, so I took a lot of the photos for the yearbook and I was really into film because in high school they have the electives and stuff, right? And so they had film photography courses and I took that in grade 11 and grade 12 and I remember being absolutely in love. So I think what kind of brought me into it at that moment was watching the photos come to life. Mm-hmm. by developing it through film right and just kind of going into the dark room and so even when I was younger I was like I was always like oh when I have a house I'm gonna have a dark room so I can develop my own film I'm not there yet but hopefully <laughs> one day. yeah that's um cool. yeah so it kind of started out with film photography and uh I would just get creative was creative with my friends at high school and it was all black and white film and then when I graduated high school I went to the University of the Fraser Valley and I did general studies like most people do getting out of uh, high school you know and I had no idea what I wanted to do like because to me at that time um, a photography career wasn't something that I knew 
existed really right because this was a while ago it feels weird like I graduated high school I don't know if I should say this but in 2008 <laughs> like it feels like that was a long time ago I graduated high school many years prior to that so <laughs> you're in good hands <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> um yes yeah, so then right after high school went into the university and I took a wide array of courses like I did philosophy psychology English lit and a creative writing course and then I did three film courses as well like throughout different I think I was I think I did three semesters so I think I did a film photography course each semester Mm -hmm. and that's what I loved the most because we got to do these cool creative projects and like created stories through film photography as well and I remember one story I did was about this I used my friend she modeled as the doll with the balloon and I don't know how to describe the story now but basically (laughs) a balloon turned into an apple and it was poisonous or something like that it just really it brought out the creative in me I guess Mm -hmm. and then but while I was doing that I still didn't really know what I wanted to kind of focus on because you know eventually at school you have to focus in on one thing one thing that you want to yeah diploma or certificate that you want to graduate with and so I dropped out okay and I well I was I went traveling, but kind of before I went traveling, I started working at a whole bunch of different mountain resorts. Okay. I worked at Silver Star and Manning Park. Nice. Because nice. as much like being a creative, I'm also a big fan of the outdoors. Like I love being outside. So working at these different mountains resorts. And then I met people from different countries, like mm-hmm. Denmark, Australia, and I made a whole lot of friends from Australia. So I thought, hey, let's go to Australia. And after one year at one of the mountains, I packed up like probably like $900 to my name or something like that went over to Australia and I was with I was dating a guy at the time who was from Australia okay and um we go to Australia and he broke up with me like the first month that I was there (laughs) and I was like all right okay this is cool and um I was there for but I had a 12 months visa and so my mom was kind of like oh you should just come home and I was like well I don't want to put my visa to waste I'm like I'm just gonna do it so I went off traveling by myself and that was a life-changing experience for me wow. because I've never done anything like that. Yeah. Um, so in Australia, I mainly went along the East Coast and I fell in love with too many places because I didn't travel to as many places as backpackers do typically travel to. So I went to, um, I went to a place called Airly Beach and I spent three months there. And then I went to a place called Cairns and I spent three months there. And then I was three months on Magnetic Island. So like out of this 12 month visa, I yeah. spent three months yeah. at like different, because I just fell in love with the people, fell in love with the, the place. And I couldn't leave basically it was until it was time to. And then the odd jobs I had over there, I was, um, I worked as a travel agent, which was really weird to work in a travel <laughs> agent in a different country, but uh, that was fun. And I did have a little, I remember having, I had a, at the time, more of a higher-end camera, but it got stolen while I was traveling. Mm. So obviously, a lot of things happen like that when you're traveling, right? So I ended up, my mom, I think, sent me more of a point-and-shoot for, like, in one of my packages over Christmas or something like that. And I ended up using that. And so, and I also had a film camera with me, too. So while I was traveling, I was taking pictures of all these people I was coming across and the landscape. So even while I was traveling, out, traveling I would say the, uh, the passion my love for photography was still with me. Yeah. And then after Australia, I did 12 months in Australia. I went to um, 
New Zealand. And then I did three weeks there. And then I went to Thailand and Cambodia and I fell in love with Cambodia too. Um, I was off this island off the coast of Cambodia. It was called Koh Rong. And I, I'm probably butchering that, Koh Rong. I'm not sure if that's actually how you say it. But I don't know the name, so you're better yeah. than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I spent a month there too. And I fell in love with the people. So it was this island and they have they have no running water certain times of the day. They have no electricity certain times of the day. But I, they're all happy there. Like they're all happy mm-hmm. with what they have. And for me coming into that moment, I just kind of realized like it can't, I don't know how to describe it, sorry. Like it was like, um, appreciate the little things and not take anything for granted. Yeah. And throughout my travels up to this point, for some reason, I guess I've kind of been, this is going to kind of tie in with my business name, I guess. Yeah. So I, I guess I've always been a smiley person. And so throughout my travels, like people was, were always saying to me, Sam, you're always smiling. You're always smiling. And I was just like, all right, it's <laughs> cool. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm a I guess happy so. person. I yeah, I guess, I guess I was just having a great time, obviously, but I never really noticed it myself. And then, so when I got to that island and I saw these people with next to nothing in their lives and they were always smiling, that's why I decided to get this tattoo that says always smiling. So I got it as kind of like dessert. Yeah. A reminder to myself to appreciate the little things and not take what you have for granted. Cause over here, you know, everybody, they want, 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 the need, 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 but it's like, you really don't need that much and you don't need to, you can just. Yeah, but I, I can't, I don't want to judge like other people's lifestyle either. Like, obviously. No, I think, I think it's, um, I think, I think it's a good thing to, 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 hmm, I don't know how to describe that either. I agree though. It's tough to, you don't want to judge people and people's choices are totally their own. But yeah. um, when you, when you witness people being super happy and having very little, it's quite humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. you realize you know, there's lots of people in Western, the Western world or in first world countries um, where we have everything over an yeah. abundance of it and people are yeah. miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So I'm sure it was quite the experience to be somewhere where they don't, they have very little, like you said, not to have, we only have one running water certain times of the day or electricity certain times of the day. Um, I mean, to experience that would be pretty awesome and I'm sure very humbling. Yes. Very humbling. Yeah definitely that's it that's the word I was looking for yeah that's cool yeah it like kind of created not a different version of myself but it opened up a different version of myself I would say like I was just free-spirited Sam like I still am free-spirited but um like I would just run around barefoot through the forest kind of thing and like hair just wild and everything and just not no fear basically too, because I, I went, uh, when I was back in Australia, I hitchhiked for like 900 kilometers and met all these random people. And they all had these different stories to tell me. And I remember taking a photograph of each one of them because it was like, cause that's, what's really, that's what really stands out to me about photographs as well as like the photograph itself is telling a story. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, but that's something I would never do here. Like, that's what I mean. Like back then I was like free spirited, fearless, and I somewhat still am, but I would never hitchhike 900 kilometers. And I don't know why, like, it was a different point in my life, you know? Right. And, I, yeah. and so it kind of, that was like a stepping stone to where I am today, I would say with myself and even with my business, because that's well, where my business name kind of came from. I never thought 
when I was in Cambodia, like I never thought, oh, I'm going to have a photography business one day soon. But then here we are. Yeah. So after you left Cambodia, did you come back to Canada or did you travel a little bit more? What was your... I um, went to Vietnam. I was in I was in Vietnam for just a couple of days, but at that point, I had absolutely no money to my name. <laughs> and I remember I could I think I could only afford the hostel I was staying in, and I had I bought a pack of Pringles, and that was my I think that was my dinner one night was a pack of Pringles, and I was in this uh, hostel, and they had a little TV, and I think Armageddon was on, <laughs> and I was watching Armageddon eating Pringles, and I remember just like bawling my eyes out because I was like. <laughs> My trip has come to an end. I have to go home. And I just felt like I didn't want to leave. But I'm like, I have no money. I can't continue. Yeah. Like, I have to go home. And then, uh, yeah. So then I walked to the airport. And then oh, I met this lady at the airport, I remember. And I was sitting by myself. I was probably reading a book or something. And she was sitting off. And I don't know if I just had a really defeated look on my face or something. But she just ended up coming over to me with this big load of french fries and she's like do you want to eat some of these french fries with me and I said yeah let's do it and then I talked to her for probably about an hour and I think she was she was a writer she was an author actually sorry and I think a psychologist and we had this great conversation I can't quite remember it to this day yeah but um I just what she ended up doing she left about what's the I can't remember the Vietnamese currency, but she left about 50, I'll just say dollars. It was like whatever the Vietnamese currency is. I want to say dollars. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and she left that for me. And it was just like this random stranger. I had no idea who she was. She came over, shared her food with me, left some money for me, even though I didn't tell her that I was out of money. I didn't have any food or anything like that. Wow. To but so... I guess that trip too, like the, throughout the whole travels, the kindness of strangers really um, touched my heart. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, like, no, um, that makes sense. You know, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So you so you flew home after that? Yeah, I flew home after that and I came home and I was living with my parents. Um, and then I had to start looking for jobs. But I remember I definitely... There's that travel blues, travel blues phase or something. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. I was probably like that for three months. I laid on my parents' couch and didn't do anything in my sweatpants for quite a while. But, Aww. Yeah. yeah, that would be hard to like have that freedom. Like you were just saying, running around, being free, doing be, like just without a care in the world because it's just an experience that you're doing to have to like, cu- like cut that off and yeah. go back to like a regular life where you have to start working and yeah that would be tough yeah because when I was traveling I I went skydiving I went bungee jumping I went deep sea diving like did all these cool things which I can do all these things here too but it was just something completely different about being in a different country and just not having not to say that I didn't have pressure no expectation yeah I could just do whatever I wanted kind of thing right yeah yeah Oh man. So you then you started, you worked a little bit, but I, I think I remember you saying in your, um, you were, I remember you saying that you decided to go back to school after that. So yeah, when I got back, I did get some odd jobs. I, I actually worked at a Walmart photo center in like the photo department for a little nice. bit. And that was, fun. it was me. I think it was around a holiday period because I remember a lot of people came in for the Christmas photos there and it was interesting to see. Um, and then I worked at a random, 
I worked as a car salesperson, which I was not a big fan of. So I had all these odd jobs. I um, finally got a job at, uh, should I say where I got a job? I don't yeah, know. that's fine. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good Life Fitness. And I worked at Good Life Fitness as a fitness advisor. And like, I'm an active person. I played soccer for all, for majority, I'd say for most part of all my life. Um, and I just, yeah, like I love being outside, going to hikes and stuff, but like, and so at the time I had a passion for fitness, but it wasn't where my like heart truly lied. Yeah. Photography, right? Yeah. Um, so I was working there and I did really like it there. I liked the people and it was a fun place to work. I met a lot of cool people. But while I was there, I was still doing some photography on the side and mainly again, photographing my friends, people, landscapes, um, my parents' dog. They had a beautiful <laughs> account. Um, and then I... I remember when my brother's friend asked me to photograph their engagement and their wedding and they got married at Lake Okanagan resort. And this was back in 2015. And at the time, at the time I had no idea why they asked me. I was like, I'm just taking pictures of like, I kind of had second shot a couple weddings for people up until that point, but I've never done my own. And so that yeah. was my first solo wedding. But I just remember it being the coolest thing ever. Cause I'm like, I'm going to this, this beautiful place with these, epic people and I just get to go capture their day be a part of their day and celebrate with them and it's like such an intimate day and I never knew something like that was was possible yeah that's amazing yeah I um and then so from there weddings started like I started doing a few more solo weddings by myself so I remember one summer I was still working at Good Life but I was doing some like quite a few weddings that summer that I was like can this actually be something that I can do for my like from as a career yeah but I'm I'm very much more of a interactive learner I guess like a lot of people a lot of photographers are self-taught a lot or learn online like you can go on YouTube you can there's so many resources out there that are fantastic Mm -hmm. myself I needed something more yeah to be in person because I'm the worst with getting distracted like if I'm on my computer I'm like oh I'll go check out this sale that this company yeah (laughs) totally yeah and um so I was looking at photography programs and I saw one at Langara which is in Vancouver and I remember they had already closed their admission period and then they're like they weren't accepting applications until the following year but for me I was I was like I don't know where I'm going to be in a year um I was like I it's either now or never so I remember just emailing them or calling them and then they did a phone interview with me and then I remember the dean of admissions or whatever you call them um just said you know what uh we had one spot open up so we can actually fit you in so it was very last minute oh wow to, like I got enrolled probably two weeks before the semester actually started that's and crazy so it was a big life decision because it was a full-time program I, I quit my full-time job and then I went to school there and it was out in Vancouver and at the time I was living in Mission and yeah. so I took the train out to Vancouver every day, Monday to Friday. Um, yeah, so Monday to Friday, I took the train out to Vancouver, went to school for two years, and we had summers off. So during the summer, I was still able to do weddings and everything like that. Yeah. And other kind of photo shoots, but, and that was a two year program. And it was interesting because we learned a lot about uh, photography outside of weddings too. Yeah. And like a lot of, a lot of it was studio work. And like, I'm more of a natural light photographer. I like being, like I said, like being outdoors and everything. 
So it was interesting to see that side of things, like to see how all the studio works. So I remember that being pretty cool. And what I loved most about the program though, was the connections that I made. Cause yeah. I made a few photography friends and not everybody was focusing on weddings. Like a lot of people are doing commercial or, um, concert photography and things like that. Yeah. And we had to do, um, what do you call those things? Like Maybe an internship or yeah, like an yeah. internship or, um, yeah, something like that. And you had, that was at the, I think that was like the third or the last semester. And we had to find these photographers that we wanted to work with. And I worked with three. I worked with Justine Rousseau. Okay. And I think I second shot a wedding with her. And that was amazing. I love Justine. She's great. And I worked with Allison Cool, who is in Vancouver. And she was more of a, I would say, lifestyle commercial photographer. And mm-hmm. then I worked with the photographers, Adam and Kev, who are these, they were great guys. They have a big wedding photography business in Vancouver but also commercial so yeah. it's kind of cool to see like the different side of things and yeah but at that point I still knew that weddings was something that I wanted to focus on yeah um, did yeah. you and find how how did you find working with people who were like well established in the industry like was it intimidating was it like okay like how was that it was definitely intimidating yeah um especially at first and going to meet them but I worked the most with I think I worked the most with Adam and Kev. And so at first I was kind of like, oh, but they were just super cool, super chill that they made me feel welcome and everything That's like awesome. that. I only did the ones, I think I only did the one session with Justine, but yeah, same thing. I was kind of like, oh, but then just throughout the day, it was, it was like, we've known each other for a while kind of thing. Yeah. So, that's yeah, awesome. It was, it was intimidating at first, but once it kind of, you know, you get the ball rolling and you just start to feel more comfortable with the people that you're around, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that helped too. Like when you, after you graduated, you decided to start your own business. Yeah. Was that something you're like, okay, when you graduated, you're like, yes, I want to do weddings. I want to do my own business. Like, was that kind of something you decided right away? For the most part, like even while I was in school, I kind of, cause you learn about the, about business aspect aspects while you're in school too. Like we were, we had to put together a business plan and everything. Um, and so I knew, yeah, I knew that I wanted to do weddings. And yeah, when I graduated, I, it was just like right into full time. Yeah. So during the winters, I did work. I got my level one snowboard instructor. Oh, cool. So I did also work as a snowboard instructor, but like I still classified myself as full time because the snowboard instructor was more so for fun. Yeah. And I was only up there on the weekends just to mainly because I, Mainly because I got a free season pass out of it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, better than that. Sorry, I can't even remember what the question was. But No, that's <laughs> okay. No, it's just um because we, I do talk about this a lot and I see it a lot. We get, it's intimidating being in our industry mm-hmm. and not knowing, um, you know, you want to make connections, but you don't know if people are going to be friendly or not. So I'm sure yeah. it was fun to like, or not fun, but I'm sure it was a cool experience to, have to interact with people and the school kind of helped sort of bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely helped. I would say that was one of the biggest things that I took away from it. And again, the connections that I made with the other people attending the program, Mm -hmm. but we had one class that was a lot of public speakers as well. So one of our instructors did bring in a whole bunch of other people from the industry. And so for me, it's hard to reach out to people 
via email or via Instagram because I don't have that like face-to-face conversation. Like I, yeah. I feel awkward. Like I can't really, you know, it's hard for me to introduce myself behind a computer. Yeah, right? totally. Um, but with those public speakers, I remember just kind of jumping in head first because I remember Kev from Adam and Kev was one of the speakers. He came in the class and at the end of the class, I was like, I just went up to him and I said, hey, can you be my um, mentor or whatever it's called? I can't remember. Yeah, like your internship type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So I just asked him face to face because I was like, this is going to be easier than having to email later. So I'm like, I'm going to ask him always here. And he ended up saying yes. So it was totally cool. So that's awesome. I think I reached out to a couple other photographers via email and either I didn't get a response or it was it just didn't work. Or it didn't work. Yeah. It's tough. Cause I find too, like, that's one thing I don't mind about social media is I find like, if I do a live or if I'm like, my face is on the screen, I find it way easier to communicate than like typing a message. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. I'm totally yawning. Yeah. You guys, this is bad. I'm not bored by this conversation. I promise. You. Oh my gosh. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you jumped into full-time business um, and you've been killing it ever since, or I love your work, not or, but I love your work. I think it's fabulous. Um, and I'm sure something you've had to learn and we, I wanted to talk to you about, um, putting yourself out there. And like you said, it's sometimes easier to like physically walk up to someone and be like, Hey, how's it going? Than it is to blindly post stuff on Instagram or send an email or have a conversation via email is super tough. Um, you just posted a reel recently that I'm, I just think is so awesome. And I saw it got shared so many times. Cause I'm like, yes. And it was super fun. Um, and how is that for you? Like, how is that now? Because we're not with COVID, we're not, we haven't been able to face-to-face interact. Like how's that process been for you having to kind of like push yourself into that uncomfortable zone? Oh, it's still hard. It's still yeah. hard. But, um, I remember well, my boyfriend Jack helped me with it and it definitely took a couple takes because <laughs> I can be very particular and like oh that that one thing is off but even but I still have to remind myself that like social media obviously it doesn't have to be perfect and nothing like these reels just they don't have to be perfect nothing really yeah it doesn't matter in that mm-hmm. sense because no one's going to notice I think the one thing that you notice but that's no. one thing that I'm always struggling with and what I'm trying to work on too is that I noticed that one thing and so I like I'm like okay I gotta do it again so it did take a couple takes and I was unsure about it because I'm just you know it's hard putting yourself out there and especially on such like a vulnerable platform because there's so many people on there and you see like the amount of people that view your story or view something like that and half of them, for the most part, you don't even know. Yeah. And half of them, you only know through a social media relationship too. And then yeah. maybe there's a few people that like are your friends and you actually know who they are. But, and it's, for me, it's kind of like, cause I've always been a big people pleaser and, and I care what people think, even though yeah. I try not to care what people think. And so I think, oh, are people just going to think I'm weird? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. but I'm like, I, I am weird. Like I yeah. like accept that I am weird and people are either going to like it or they're not. And I, like, I talk in weird voices sometimes or like, I'm a big nerd and stuff like that. Like I quote Lord of the Rings far too often. I, yeah. If, I don't know if that's the thing, but yeah. I love it. Um, so posting the reel was just kind of like, I find myself what I've been saying a lot lately, especially on Instagram. And I'm, cause I, 
when I'm doing posts too, captions are really hard and I overthink captions and what I'm trying to say, but I just say, screw it, I'm doing it. And like, that's what yeah. I've been saying. Screw it, I'm doing it and just putting it out there. Yeah. And so when I, but yeah, Jack kind of helped me film the reel. And then, so he just kind of did, and I'm like, oh, is it okay? Like, is it okay that people are gonna see me in my robe? Like, he's like, yeah, it's totally bad. Like, and I was yeah, like, you're not yeah. naked. <laughs> yeah, I'm not naked, I'm good. I know it's like, it's yeah, totally. Um, like no one aside from him or like friends have seen right. me my robe kind of but now I'm throwing it out to the world kind of thing yeah and it's intimidating even though like if I wear shorts and a tank top is probably more revealing than a robe anyways but right I, you know, yeah um, well yeah it's interesting because I used to be such an extrovert and I would say I still am but with social media being such a big part of running a photography business it's mm-hmm. made me more of an introvert in that sense yeah like some you know you throw so much of yourself out on social media sometimes now I go out in public and I'm like I can't I, I need to go home I don't want to be out in public anymore. <laughs> people are gonna <laughs> see me yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah it comes with the territory and I'm really proud of you for posting that reel because I really love it it's so funny Um, And it's what every single photographer at that time of the announcement. And when this podcast goes live, you'll have to go back in Sam's post to find it because I, it won't be yesterday or the day before when it got posted, when people listen to this podcast, but um, it's so true. And I love that you just did your own thing and it's totally unique. I've not seen somebody, I mean, we joke around about that that voiceover from the office from the office um but I just I I thought it was so good so I'm so happy that you posted it and yeah keep doing that because it's I know it's too so super duper hard yeah super hard you're like I really like it I think it's funny but maybe if what if I'm the only person (laughs) and then I feel bad and I feel weird yeah yeah it's tough yeah just gotta put yourself out there yeah and that's so true like that's what I was afraid of too I'm like what if it only gets like two likes, but even though I know it's not about the likes, but it, yeah, it's just cause I don't know how to describe it. I think it, it's but. normal human nature to want people to people, please. Like, I think it's normal human nature to want people to like you and to want yeah. people to interact with you. Um, and it's tough because there's definitely, um, I think it was, I've talked about this in the podcast about Brene Brown. She does a Ted talk or a Netflix show or something like that about, um, she does a bunch of stuff. I really like her. Um, but she talks a lot about only caring about the people who are down there in the dirt, doing the same thing as you about their opinions. Cause they know how hard it is and to ignore the people in the, in the nosebleeds who are just sitting there watching, not doing yeah. anything on their own. And it's super duper hard. Cause you're like, no, but those are the ones paying attention. Like, yes, we're all watching because we're side by side in the thick of the pit in the middle. I, I like, I think she talks about like being in this, in the dirt part of the stadium in the middle and you're like fighting and you're working hard, right? Like you're putting yourself out there and you're doing things. And the people who are just sitting up top, but twiddling their thumbs are the ones who have time to judge you yeah. and will put, and will judge you because they're not doing anything. And, but their opinions shouldn't matter because they they're not going to hire you. They're not going to, they're just out there bored, just want to mess with people and they need to yeah. find something better to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's even like, um, just being out in the real world too, it can kind of have the same effect because sometimes I'm out and like, and you see people around, like say you're at the beach and I'm like, and I want to do something weird, like do this weird little dance. And I think, 
um, oh, well, these people are going to see me and they're going to think I'm weird. But then sometimes Jack will remind me like, you're never going to see these people again. Yeah. And so, you're never going to see the people on social media again. But it's like, like, yeah, like you say, those people in the bleachers kind of thing. It's like, they don't, I'm probably never going to cross them, cross no. paths with them in real life. So it's like, no. who cares what they think? Like these yeah. people, I'm just going to, so I'm trying to work on that and like being better for myself and just like, yeah, not caring. Twice. Yeah, I found, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but like when I shoot weddings too, I used to be really timid when I first started and like afraid to step in front of somebody or afraid to ask for something or afraid to like not push my couple in a specific way, but just like be a little bit more assertive and say like, nope, this is, because at the end of the day, it's their, they have asked you to do something and you have to be able to do it. And I find sometimes I have to be loud and obnoxious or embarrass myself in order to get the thing that I want to get on their wedding day. And so I found like, I've had to really push myself and be uncomfortable, even just like in that aspect of things in order to like, like we want the big group photo well I have to dance and yell like a moron for a few minutes and people are gonna stare at me but I have to be okay with it because at the end of the day it's about getting the photo for my couple but I'm sure you feel the same way like having to do things where you're like "Mm, I don't want people to see me but I also want to do this thing like yeah 100% totally know what you mean like and sometimes I'll just tell people I'm like yeah I'm awkward so I'm like I'd say there's a 98% chance that I'm going to trip or slip at a wedding <laughs> or a session. Like I, and then it just happens. And, and not just to say that people laugh at me, but it's just kind of like, Hey, she's real. Like stuff yeah. like that happens to her too, you know? Um, yeah. But I remember one of the first weddings I shot where I didn't know the couple. So the, a lot of the weddings I shot when I first started out with people that I knew like friends and stuff like that. And that's how I kind of built my business. But the first wedding that I shot where I didn't know the couple, I felt super yeah like timid intimidated because I didn't get to meet them beforehand either because they came from China they were both teaching English in China and their wedding I can't quite remember where it was but I remember being in this hall and my name was on the seating chart but at this point I didn't know what that meant so I didn't really see it and I remember taking a picture of the seating chart and like, but I, for some reason I didn't notice it until I came home later. And I was like, Hey, my name's on that seating chart. But I remember going out to the back and I had like a Lara bar, like some kind of granola bar. And I sat in the back by myself, just eating this granola bar. Cause I couldn't bring myself to interact with any of the yes. people there. I was like, yeah. do I just go sit at a random table with somebody? But yeah. And I didn't want to bug my couple, like while they're sitting down and eating. So I was like, I'll just go sneak in the back and eat by myself yes. kind of thing. And I felt super like, I guess uncomfortable. I was like, Oh, what do I do here? But yeah, um, yeah I still but, feel yeah. like that sometimes like when I'll go and look at the seating chart, I'm like, does anyone see me? If yeah. my name isn't here, is it weird that I'm staring at the seating chart? What if yeah. you didn't set me? Like, it's just, I don't, yeah, it's yeah. I feel that same way. And I'm sure lots of people listening to this are like, Oh yeah. been there. <laughs> yeah. No, right. Um, but now I would say I've found like, I, I know what to expect and like, yeah. I have that conversation with the couple and stuff like that. And then like, Hey, so you have a spot for me or what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, I feel like as a wedding photographer, you, you have to put your insecurities off to the side and like be a whole, it's like putting a different identity on sometimes. And mm-hmm. like, you just have to get out there and 
be and be awkward and be weird and people love and then people when you get the response and then you get the photos and you're like okay this this works like I can it's not even an alter ego it's just maybe a thing a personality you don't share with everybody normally I don't know but it's just a cool it's a really fun job and I'm sure you feel the same way but it's just fun to like I don't know it's just a fun job I love it yeah I love it I love it (laughs) Um, but I would say even still like on a wedding day, I get so much anxiety that like it's hard. And, but I know like at this point in my life, I know what to do. I know what to expect, but I'll still always have, cause there's so much riding on it too. Right. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, do you have like a routine going there to kind of help deal with that? With the anxiety? Um, Definitely like a good night's sleep the night before, but it can be so hard because I'm like, as soon as I hit the pillow, I'm like picturing the day already, you know? Yeah. So I try to, I've got like a little sleep mask and little um, sleep therapy sprays or something like nice. that. Yeah, try called. to relax, get your zen on. Yeah, I just try to relax. But the day of, um, I usually have to take like one or two Pepto-Bismol or something like that just to call because I'm yeah. like, um, like I have plans for the day, but I think it's, what gives me the anxiety is what I can't control right. and that's things like traffic and like, you know, anything can happen the day of. So usually with destination weddings, I like to get there at least the day before. Yeah. But if it's wedding like that's 30 minutes or an hour away, I'll drive the day of, mm-hmm. but, and those are the days that typically I'm like, okay, I wake up super early, get myself ready. But I still feel like, you know, you picture, I picture everything that could happen, even though like yeah. there's a very low chance that any of those things will happen, but it's just, you know, I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I feel this. It's, it's, a, I think everybody does. You go through this, like, and then you do your, like, check my bag six times. <laughs> and, like, the other thing I'll do, and maybe this is weird, but, like, I'll identify where the closest, like, London drugs or, like, um, electronic store is, like, to the venue, just in case I've forgotten something. Like, that's yeah. my biggest fear is forgetting something on wedding day yeah. and being like, mm, okay, this is fun. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think that's, that's, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Cause I feel like there could, you know, Pepto-Bismol is a good idea. It'll calm your stomach down. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, thank you for sharing your journey, no. your story. Um, I'm so excited that we got to talk about it. Same. Um, if you guys want to go follow Sam, her business or her name on Instagram is always smiling photography for Facebook and Instagram and always smiling photography.com. And you have to go follow her on Instagram to watch that reel. Even if you got to go back about a month, I think when this airs, I don't know, <laughs> um, but you'll have to go find it. Cause it's really funny. I'm sure you'll have more reels since then. I'm actually Maybe, yeah, we'll requesting see. more right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, go give her a follow, go show her some love and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much, Megan. You're, You're the best.